This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. Hello, welcome to Everything Iconic. I'm Danny Pellegrino. We still don't have the full Southern Charm theme song, but we do get this weird sort of improvised scat jazz at the very beginning. Like before the episode starts, we get Cameron narrating what happened last week mixed with the improvised scat jazz, whatever it is. And it's truly such a delight. It's like Cameron opens and she says, last week on Southern Charm, Patricia had a party. And then we hear the musicians and they're like, gotta hand it to the man. He's making it look so easy. (laughs) Which right I'm on board right away. On board right away. Then Cameron says, a blast from the past threatened to rain on Catherine's parade. And then the musicians come out and they're like, he's got scandals to pass the time. And then it just goes downhill from there. It's like, Shep is sterile. Ooh, oh, oh, the kids go loco. <laughs> Shep is sterile. Ooh, oh, 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 the kids go loco. I think that Shep might be sterile. Ooh, ooh, whoa, the kids go loco. <laughs> then we see that clip of Catherine saying her coattails are worn out, and they're just like, mm-hmm. And well, I tell you, I get a boost of serotonin like I've never known before. Every time I hear an mm-hmm, it's so perfect. <laughs> oh, I feel so good every time I hear that Southern Charm music. And I do wish we got the full theme song, you know, the, the birds and the bees and the one, two, threes. Like, I miss that. But I'm glad they're at least giving us this weird sort of improvised scat, which they did last season too. And I truly, I want my own life to be narrated by these musicians. I want them to follow me around or, you know, just camp out in my head. It's like, Shep is sterile. Ooh, oh, 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 the kids go loco. <laughs> I want to be in the room when they record that. Like, just, that's my make-a-wish. I just want to be in the room when those musicians record the improvised things for the narration of Southern Charm. Like, give them to me. Give me the, the session, the recording session. I mean, on Vanderpump Rules, we go to the recording studio with those kids. I need to go to the recording, the recording studio with the people who do these Southern Charm scats. Give it to me now. The kids go loco. Anyway, before we get into the episode, I want to say we're getting BravoCon. Did you guys see the news? So BravoCon is coming. I'm super excited about that. And I had heard that this might be a thing. So I've been very excited. I'm glad it's official because I didn't know if it'd be official or not. It's going to be in November. I hope they'll invite me or at the very least, I'll invite myself. I will be there. But I would love to host like a panel if they need a host. If they need anyone to host a panel, I'm available. And either way, I will be going down there, and hopefully a bunch of us can meet up. Wouldn't that be so fun? We met up in New York. It's in November. 
I believe the week before Thanksgiving. So we'll have a lot to be thankful for this year. Now I'm going to do the Roni recap at the end of this episode. So stay tuned for that. And if you want to skip ahead, there's like a little time marker in the episode description. So just look for that and you could skip ahead. I'm combining the two episodes because I'm tired. I'm tired, quite frankly. (laughs) But there will be a new episode Monday. Jennifer Love Hewitt is going to be on the show. And you guys, I interviewed her the other day and she was such a delight. And I cannot wait for people to hear it. There's like a lot of, a lot of good stuff and stuff that I'm just, I'm dying for everyone to hear. So that'll be out next week. I want to say before I get into the Southern Charm episode, please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino, Twitter and Instagram, facebook.com slash Pellegrino Danny. If you want to support the pod, go to patreon.com slash everything iconic. If you click become a patron, you can donate $4 more per month and the money helps to support the show. So thank you, everyone who's over there. Ooh, hello. <laughs> I'm going to keep doing that. Last week I kept doing that. Mm-hmm. This week I'm going to do. Ooh, hello. <laughs> the kids go low, go. Which, by the way, last week I had talked about Craig's dog, Bethany. Wow, Craig's dog, Bethany. Wow. Apparently it's named after Bethany Beach, I believe. I know a lot of people corrected me. It was like in Delaware, Bethany Beach, either where Craig's from or something like that. So that's why he named the dog Bethany, apparently, allegedly. Now we open with all of the cast members calling each other. Catherine's trying to call Austin via Siri. And I was a little concerned because that's how we opened last week with everyone calling each other. I don't need all these phone calls. And we got a lot of B-roll of them just sort of getting ready. Shep was in the shower at one point and then getting out of the shower. And I don't need to see that. Okay, Valerie Cherish style, I don't need to see that. Do not film Shep in the shower. By all means, film anyone else in the shower. I do not need to see Shep in the shower. Please go to Craig's shower, go to, I don't fucking care, Whitney's shower, anyone else. I don't need to see Shep showering or Shep post-shower. Don't need to see it. Please, anything else, film it. Literally anything else. If you gotta bring Landon back, bring Landon back. I'd rather see that than Shep in the shower. This is a call to action, no more Shep in the shower scenes. N-O on that. It was just a brief moment, but again, I don't need to see that. I don't need to see that! So please, if producers are listening, let's stop rolling. If you're in the middle of filming a scene right now, just stop rolling. If you're listening to this podcast while you're filming B-roll of Shep in the Shower, please just quit rolling, pack up and go home. We don't need to see it. We don't need to see it. Then we see Cam getting a pedicure with spa music, and they were doing some creative editing. It reminded me of Vanderpump Rules when they did like the creative music. Remember when they did that Sheena? 80s sitcom thing. That's what this started to remind me of, but they pulled back just a little bit. And I wanted them to go there even further because they played this very zen spa music. Then Evil Eliza showed up. Now, Evil Eliza, that's what we're going to call her, E.E. Like E.E. Cummings, except for E.E. I don't know, Evil Eliza. But she shows up and she's wearing those Groucho Marx glasses that Heather Thompson used to wear. Remember my my Holla Queen? (laughs) Hey, Mama. Mama Boo. Remember my Hey Mama? She, Eliza's stealing Heather Thompson's look. She had the Groucho Marx glasses on, and I thought, you know, Heather did not create yummy tummy for this, for this evil human to be wearing her look. But apparently it's happening, and Eliza's getting a confessional look. Eliza's in confessionals, you guys. I was surprised to see that, because I don't think we saw that in the premiere. But Cameron's getting along with Eliza. Apparently they have some history together. Cam's husband used to teach her swimming or something like that. Now, this Eliza's so young, I don't know how exactly she's going to fit in. And it's weird because people were telling me online last week that Eliza was supposed to be on the show from the beginning, and then there was like some issue or something. But I can't imagine her being on the show from the beginning because she's just so young. What, was she under 18 when they tried to get her originally? I don't know. 
That's what I heard. But apparently Eliza's last name is royalty, so she says it's on bridges and oranges and buildings. It's all over the place. And the producers were sure to show us footage of everything the word Limehouse was on. I'm not sure if they were all even related to Eliza, but they were on everything. It's like producers just looked, they Google image searched Limehouse, and then they showed us every image that came up. Because it was just a lot of fast photos of the word Limehouse. I'm not even sure the word Limehouse was on different things. It was just like different fonts, maybe. I don't know what was happening so fast. It was just scrolling through the word Limehouse on a building, an orange, a truck, all sorts of things. Bridge. I don't know. I think it was just a Google image search. I don't know that those were all the family, but apparently the family is very popular. And Cameron says the mom has been through hell. And so allegedly the dad was like a, a political figure, conservative political figure, old straight white man who cheated on the mom. Tale as old as time. These old straight white men think they could do whatever the fuck they want. You know what? Not no more. We're calling you out. And I'm glad they showed the footage of this man so we can all see him with our own eyes and steer clear of him. If you see that man on the street, steer clear. Okay, ladies, I'm talking to you ladies and gentlemen, because you know a lot of those conservative politicians, they like to sleep with both sides. So just be sure to steer clear. If you see him in the bathroom, if they do one of those like taps on the bathroom floor and you're one of the gentlemen in the next stall over, don't do anything. Don't do anything. Walk right out and find someone else. Then Cam is telling Eliza to be nicer. Now here's the thing. Eliza's here to be the villain. We don't need her to be nicer. I want her to be worse. Worse, worse, worse. Now, I don't know how long Eliza's going to last because we go through villains fairly quickly on this show. Ashley was truly only on one season. But I think Eliza could have like a star-making turn. But I need her to step up into the villainous role and really embrace it. And then, unfortunately, that might mean we only get a season of her. But I'm willing to sacrifice that if we get one really good season. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, let her be the villain for one season, and then we'll find someone new. That's how I think this show should work. So then we cut to Catherine's new house. It's beautiful, but it's $6,600 a month. And not only that, but she was serving some very upscale donuts. Did you catch that? Austin came over to her new house, and she said, do you want a donut? And I I clocked those donuts right away before she even said anything, because I could spot a donut from the corner of my eye a mile away. And I saw those donuts. And let me tell you something, they were not cheap donuts. They weren't. I don't know what the price of donuts go for in this area of town, but I will tell you something. Those were expensive donuts. They weren't just a Dunkin'. They weren't a Dunkin'. They weren't a Krispy Kreme, which I love both of those equally, but they weren't one of those. It wasn't just like a grocery store donut. You know, sometimes I'm at the grocery store, I buy those Entenmann's donuts. I love an Entenmann's. I love a Pepperidge Farm. I don't even know if Pepperidge Farm does donuts, but I love a Pepperidge Farm cookie. That's neither here nor there, but the point is, She had some upscale donuts. And I think if you're spending that much on rent, you should scale back on the donuts. Okay, Austin doesn't need an upscale donut. You could serve Austin anything. I'm sure he'd like it. He does not need a five-star donut. He would literally eat an Enemans or, you know, one of the cheaper. What's a cheaper than an Enemans? Like um, Hickory Farms? Is that a thing? Am I just making that? What's the Target brand? You could serve him that. You could serve him literally anything. And he'd be happy as a clam. So I just hope that Catherine starts to scale back. I'm worried about her finances. I'm more, I just want everything good for Catherine. I don't want her to have financial trouble. She's already been through enough. She's been through enough. So they talk about Patricia's party. Austin says he's exclusive with Madison. And then Catherine gives him advice. Now, it seems like we're going to have a lot of this Madison-Austin stuff in the upcoming season, which is fine. Madison looks like Jessica Simpson. So I'm okay seeing more of her. 
I just hope that it's worthwhile. Because even on Watch What Happens Live, Madison was like in the audience and they went to talk to her last week. So, you know, I'm excited to see it, but I'm skeptical. I just hope it's good enough because it seems like they're teasing it to be a big part of the season. And again, my heart is with Madison because she looks like Jess. Take my bath. <laughs> I just recently was watching Jessica's A Whole New World. This is a side note. I was watching Jessica Simpson's version of A Whole New World with Nick Lachey. And I love my Jess. Love her. God bless her. Let's get her back into music. You know, Jessica Simpson should be doing these Southern Charm interstitials. Wouldn't you love to see her? I know she tried to record a country album and then no one bought it, but she did. Jessica did embrace the country world. So I would like her to go one step further and embrace the scat world and start doing Southern Charm interstitials. I think that's what they're called when they do the, you know, Ooh, the kids go loco. Jessica would be like, the kids go loco. Excuse me. As always, please escort the dogs out of the room before you listen to my podcast. Okay, so then, let's see, we go to Craggy's house, my Craggy. Now, he's got a new operations manager, someone named Anna Hayward. Now, we see a flashback of Craig in what is one of my favorite items on Earth. Did you see the robe he was wearing in that flashback? Craggy was wearing the official icon robe, which is a lady's pottery barn robe. I swear it was a lady's pottery barn robe because I have the exact one. Mine has the hood. He had the non-hooded version, but I could clock it with the fur cuffs because that's what mine is. So it was the same robe that I bought at Pottery Barn in the women's section. And I encourage everyone to get it. It's the softest robe. And they should just label it unisex. Unfortunately, I think it's labeled women's. Maybe not anymore, but it was, when I bought it, it was like in the women's section. And I'm personally offended. I don't think they need to label it. You know, it's gender neutral. As you can see, Craigie looked great in it. And I was so happy to see him in that robe because I think it's the coziest fucking thing. And I encourage everyone to get it. So Craig said he hired this Anna to nag him. He said he needed someone to nag him that's not a girlfriend. And I just love Craigie. Uh, I'm so happy he's got his life together. And then we cut two. So we're doing this thing where we're like cutting between Craig and Naomi. And the producers are trying to show us like the difference between their lives after they've broken up. So we cut from Craig. Craig's got his life together. He's got a new woman nagging him who's on the payroll, and then we cut to Naomi, who is arriving at a building with Gizmo, and Gizmo's a very cute cat. I'm not a cat person, but Gizmo was adorable, and I want Gizmo to play Garfield in the next Garfield film. That's neither here nor there. The point is, Naomi shows up at this work office, and it's her new business, and I paused and rewind about four times, because I was trying to get a feel for this new company she's got, and she didn't say the name once on camera. As far as I know, she didn't say the name once. I rewound it. I tried to find out if Naomi said the name because I could not understand what it was. It was spelled L-A apostrophe A-B-E-Y-E. La Abeya? How do you fuck do you say that? <laughs> and also, let me just tell you something. It's maybe not the best name for a company because I don't even know how to say it. And I read it a hundred goddamn times. I was like, La Abeya? Like, what the fuck is that? La Abeya? La Abeya? Truly, I'm tr- I'm reading it right now. I wrote it down exactly. L A apostrophe A B E Y E. La Abeya? La Ababy? There's no B, so it's not La Ababy. That would make more sense to me. They sell booties. They should call it La Ababy. Right? I don't know. Maybe it's a French. She's French, so isn't she French? So maybe it's a French word, but I'm not familiar with it. 
And I don't think most Americans are. So what do people say when they want to go there? Like, can we go to La Bella? And at the very least, I thought Naomi should say it on camera a bunch of times so that we know what the name of the company is. So then at least we know how to say it. But like, I can't figure out how to say it. And I saw the sign that said La Bella, and I don't know how it goes. She should have given me some instructions. If she would have come on in her confessional and said, this is my company, La Abbey. That sound was that right? Did that sound right? I don't know. La Abbey. What the fuck? But they sell booties. So Naomi said, she said, it's important to work. She said her dad always says to go to work and that everyone should work. And it's like, no shit, Naomi. <laughs> it was like Naomi was telling us, like, her father's the first person to say to go to work. It's like, we all go to work every day. That's what you're supposed to do in this goddamn world. Excuse my French, Naomi. But it was like, no shit, Naomi. She was just so proud that she's like, my dad said, you should always go to work and that everyone should work. No shit. <laughs> no shit. How else are you going to make money, Naomi? Of course, that's not like a, something to knit on a pillow. That's just a normal thing that everyone knows. You go to work. So what you should, it's what you do. She was like, wow, I learned something special from my dad. He said, go to, he said, it's important to work. No shit, Naomi. Then we cut to Craig, who's getting a box of beef jerky. So Anna shows up. Anna walks in. And he's like, you got a box of beef jerky on the door. So they open it up. It's all this beef jerky. And I was thinking about this Anna. I'm very fascinated by her. She seems like she's got her shit together. And she's getting Craig to get his shit together. And we need to send her to other Bravo Liberty's houses. I need this Anna to go to Sonia's house immediately. Let's ship her off to New York. Anna could really get things together in Sonia's world. I feel like Anna could get that toaster oven off the ground. You need to just send Anna at various places, various Bravo celebrities, to get their projects off the ground. And number one on that list is Sonia Morgan. That's what we need her to go next. So then Anna is telling Craig of all the things they need to do that day. She says, we need to fill out a W-9. And she presents that as if it's like a big deal, but it's like, that takes 30 seconds. Like, filling out a W-9. <laughs> if most of us work, like Naomi's dad says, then we all know filling out a W-9 is pretty quick. Not too much work. It's about 30 seconds, maybe one minute. If you're a slow writer, if you factor in the time to find a pen, maybe two minutes. So that was one of the big things they had on the docket for that day. And Craig was just like, ah. Craig, my Craigie was just like, ah. can't believe we got we to gotta do all that today. And Anna was like, yeah, we got to fill out the W-9 today. Ah, today? We can't do that another day? She's like, no, we got to fill out the W-9 today. Ah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish Anna would just say that. Mm-hmm. The kids go loco! Then we cut to Danny and Shep at lunch. And last week on the show, I said, justice for Danny, we need to get her in the main cast. And apparently, this was something else people were DMing me. She's apparently a big-time artist, so that's why... Catherine asked about the painting. So that was surprising to me. And then people also said she was supposed to be in the cast first season and she turned them down, which I'm skeptical of. I don't believe that. She might have said that in an interview or something like that, but I just truly don't believe it, especially because she's still on the show. So it's like if they did come to her and want her to be a main cast member first season, okay. But she would have turned them down. She wouldn't have still been on the show. So I don't know. I don't believe it. I think she wants to be on the show, but she's on it as much as she can. And it looks like she's getting on the show quite a bit. She's got a hot new guy now. So it seems like she's going to be filming more and more. So her and Shep talk about Madison. She talks about this new guy, Gentry. And I love him. We saw one flashback of him. Danny's new boyfriend is named Gentry. I love him. I was thinking of that, you know, that Jack Black, uh, his band, they have that song, Fuck Me Gently. I was just thinking of that remix version of it, which is going to be called Fuck Me Gentry. 
And it's about me wanting to have sex with Danny's Gentry. That's what it's... <laughs> That's going to be the upcoming remix. I haven't figured out how I'm going to record it, but... Mm-hmm. Anyway, they were also eating what looked to be a delicious burger. And they talked about Shep dating someone in Chicago. Now, you know I love a Chicago, and I lived in Chicago for years. It's one of my favorite cities on Earth. Beautiful thing. But I would encourage that girl to get out of the relationship, which it seems like she did. Anyway, then we cut to Chelsea's new house. She's getting some interior design trinkets out with her interior designer friend. It looks like a cute place. It was a fixer-upper. We also learned that Chelsea has a new boyfriend named Nick who's also hot. Let me say, we need to see these men. Let's get rid of Shep and let me see Gentry. Let me see this Nick. My only problem with Nick is that Chelsea says that he dips. The dipping I have a problem with. I lived with a guy named Kenny who was one of my best friends in college. And he used to dip. And it was so gross because he would always leave his like dip everywhere. Like the empty water bottle filled with like the dip spit. And it was just disgusting. Look, more power to you. Everyone's got a vice, right? We see on these Bravo shows lately, they're all doing cigarette work. But I don't want to have to watch someone do dip work. You know, that's a low point for me that I'm not willing, a rabbit hole I'm not willing to go down. So, look, would I like to see more of this man? Yes. I want to see this Nick. He looked hot, but I don't want to see him dipping on screen. Don't show me dip work. I'm happy to see Marlboro light work, cigarette work, hat work, any of the other works. I just don't want to see dip work. Hard pass. <laughs> Older Mike Kenny, though, he used to hunt, too. And I remember when I, we moved into the dorm, this was like my sophomore year, we moved in to a dorm together, and I remember Kenny had like a, a deer head on the wall. And I'm so stupid. I was like, oh, was, I thought it was like a plastic thing or something. I was like, naturally, when Kenny was gone, we were like decorating the deer head and putting like sunglasses on it. And, you know, I asked one of the girls if we could borrow a bra. So we hung like a bra from it. And then come to find out it was like a real deer head. And I was like, I was like, holy fuck, I just was like touching a dead animal carcass, decorating it. But, oh, we had so much fun in college. I love Kenny was the best, you guys. Despite his dipping, I love you. Kenny's not listening to this, but <laughs> he's a straight man in Ohio. He's not listening to this. But if you're out there, Ken, I love you. Then let's see. We see Chelsea, Danny, and Naomi going to lunch. Danny showed up with what could only be described as a very aggressive spray tan. And she called it out. She said, Look, I just did a spray tan and it's like a lot. And it was the whole scene. I couldn't focus on anything other than Danny's spray tan. She truly did look like Garfield. I mean, talking about Garfield, remember Garfield had like the. He was an orange cat with like the stripes. That's exactly what Danny looked like. Like, forget Gizmo playing Garfield in the upcoming film. I think Danny could play it. Live action, just get Danny on all fours. You know, it'd be like the Broadway show Cats, except starring Danny as Garfield. Let's see it. I don't know, I'm spitballing here, but I feel like we need to get that move in. Fox, if you want to call me up, I'll write the script. <laughs> they start talking about. Ashley. So Ashley's a nurse, and apparently Ashley got some nursing award. And you know I love nurses, but I'm not sure I'm on board with Ashley. I do appreciate all nurses. I think they're truly an underrated profession. Teachers, nurses, mothers. But I think maybe Ashley's still the devil. Like I appreciate her doing nursing work. But I also think that she moonlights as the devil. If she's in the hospital, then <laughs> then hell is empty because no one's running it. Because Ashley just left hell to... <laughs> But again, I appreciate all the nurses. So, so important. So, let's see. Then we cut to Chelsea's housewarming party. She has a roommate named Addie, which I was surprised about. And she's getting this all set up. And I really worried because there was a lot of beer coming in. And that makes me nervous because Chelsea wanted the house to stay nice. And it's going to be sticky everywhere. When people are pouring themselves beer, it becomes sticky. Everyone's going to leave that party and the whole floor is going to be sticky as fuck. And so I was stressed about it. 
And then I saw that wall of plants. There was a wall of plants. I felt like I was at a Petites. I don't know if you guys know what Petites is, but back in Ohio, there's this, <laughs> this nursery place where they sell plants. We used to go all the time as a kid to get plants for the yard and stuff. And it's truly like a forest. Like You walk in and it's very overwhelming because there's plants everywhere. My allergies would just go insane, but I would go in and you're surrounded by plants. It was like you were in, a, remember Batman and Robin, like a poison ivy scene. Anyway, it felt like I was walking into a patates when they showed us that room of Chelsea's house with all the fucking plants. And then, as if I wasn't already stressed out enough, Cam shows up, and Chelsea's giving her the tour. And she shows Cam a Costa Rican-themed room. And let me tell you something, it looked like a rainforest cafe. I'm certain you could walk into that room and order a Blooming Onion, or what do they have at, what do they have at the rainforest cafe, like the beef lava nachos? Like, I'm certain you <laughs> I'm certain you could walk into Chelsea's room and just say, hey, I'll have the beef lava nachos, and then they'd appear. Some a waitress would come by and appear, or you could say, I want the chicken chimichachas and the cheese sticks, and a waitress would appear with them, because that looked like a fucking rainforest cafe. She says she hired an interior designer, but I think she hired the restaurateur who did rainforest cafe. That's who I think Chelsea hired to do her house. A lot of earth tones and a lot of plants everywhere. I felt like it was going to rain there any moment. So then the party starts. They have brisket. I love brisket. Danny brings a friend named Chelsea, which was surprising that Danny's bringing friends now to these occasions. Everyone shows up. I love when Naomi and Craig see each other. It's very awkward. Austin shows up, and Austin looks at the beer right when he enters, and he gets pissed. He's like, Chelsea, how dare you not have my beer spigot, or whatever they call it. And then Chelsea's like, I tried, but you put your thing on the back burner. And so I'm curious to see what happened with their beer company they presented last season. Austin talked a little bit about it, but I want to know more of the ins and outs. I feel like there's more to the story. Then we see Shep coming to this housewarming party. And we see him outside, and he starts to walk into somebody else's home. He's literally almost walking into somebody else's home. And then he realizes that the camera people are across the street. Lucky for him, the camera people were outside. But shouldn't someone have directed him? I mean, there's producers on these shows, there's camera people, but none of them could say, like, hey, we're over here. <laughs> like, why didn't Shep see them all? It took him way too long to clock them in, like, across the way. And now at this party, they're playing this game called Hammer Nail, which I played back in the day in Ohio. My aunt used to have this giant yard, and I remember they would have a big Greek fest at their house, and we would play this game. I remember playing this game there, and it was like, you put nails in the, in the stump, and then you try to make it flush with the stump. I mean, I was, it was really taking me back. When I played as a kid, though, we didn't play with alcohol. But I do remember playing at, like, an inappropriate age. Like, you shouldn't throw kids a hammer and a nail and say, go at it. Like, it's not, <laughs> not a safe thing. My dad would just hand us power tools, and he'd be like, have some fun, kids. But that's what you could do back in the day. Now everything is so tight. Kids don't play around like that anymore. They would literally just give me, like, a sharp stick and a knife and say, you know, go play with your friends outside be back by 11. And we'd be outside till 11 p.m. at night. The neighborhood kids, we would all be out late at night. There was no rules. Just on our bikes, we would be in the forest playing or just with tree stumps and nails and hammers and just having a gay old time. I mean, I wasn't sucking any dick, but I was having a gay old time, you know, metaphorically. Cut to years later, and I'm still having a gay old time, but I'm actually sucking the dick. (laughs) Excuse me. I'm being so vulgar. I feel bad when I'm vulgar. Sometimes people tell me they listen while they have kids in the car or something like that. So my apologies. But, you know, I'm living my truth. The kids go loco. So then Shep tells a story about how 
He was on a date with this girl. They went bike riding. Now, this story, you guys, was wild. Wild. They went on a bike ride, and Shep lost her. So instead of looking for her, he just bike ride home. He took his bike home. Then, later on, he sees the girl knocking on the door seven houses down. Seven houses down. So she apparently rode her bike into a ditch. And he didn't even fucking notice. He didn't even fucking notice that the girl rode into a ditch. And then she tried to find his home. And then eventually was like knocking on other people's doors like she was uh, selling Girl Scout cookies or something. She was seven doors down and he noticed it. First of all, how did he notice her seven doors down? I don't know. But I want to just point out that he had a dating show at one point. There was one point in time where they were trying to get Shep a significant other, and they gave him a dating show. And here he is on TV talking about how he went on a date and just left the girl in a ditch. He just left her living in that fucking ditch. What if she would have died in that ditch? Or what if she would have just been lost forever? You know, like, what if she never got out of that ditch? And she was like one of the kids in a well, like in the, I don't know, late 80s. I feel like people used to fall in wells a lot in the late 80s. Like, what if that happened to Shep's girlfriend? Or date? I mean, come on, this man had a dating show. Ugh. Real low point on Bravo was relationship. Let me just tell you that. He will never emotionally fulfill you. Let me tell you that relationship was, to me, the low point of Bravo. We've since rebounded, but, you know, we don't forget. Any Bravo uh, production people listening, we don't forget. So I've never forgotten that you canceled Gallery Girls too soon, or Princesses of Long Island, and that you let Shep have a full-season dating show. Unacceptable. And then we cut to Catherine and Whitney, uh, Catherine talking about how she fucked Whitney in L.A. You know, part of me would like them to get together because I think Whitney's nicer than Thomas. But after seeing that flashback footage of Whitney kind of being an asshole to Catherine, maybe we don't need them together. I want Catherine to just be with like a really nice human being, like a really nice man who is very attractive, like someone who's going to give her really good sex and who is nice to her. That's all I want. I want her in successful. I hope he's successful and rich as fuck. She deserves it. She's been through enough. Then, um, let's see. Oh, in one of those flashbacks, too, we saw Landon, and I got, like, chills down my spine. I was like, ugh, Landon. But again, I'd rather see Landon than Shep in the shower. So, there you go. (laughs) Then we see a scene of Whitney with the guys, and he arrived to see Austin and Craig at this lunch venue wearing what I believe is an Old Navy tech vest. I want to just point out, when Whitney saw Craig, he said, Craig said to Whitney, hey, pal. And then Whitney said, and I quote, Craig, baby doll, you're my little fucker. Hey, pal. Hey, baby doll. Come here. You're my little So let's just all take that in. If you're driving, please pull over. <laughs> take a moment of silence for Whitney saying to Craig, Craig, baby doll, you're my little fucker. Hey, baby doll. Come here. You're my little Now, this is how I would probably greet Craig. It was just surprising to hear Whitney greet Craig this way. You know what I'm saying? It was a weird greeting, but, you know, I'm not so mad at it. Then uh, Craig is wearing this blue nail polish, which people were asking me what that means, and it's for a charity called The Polish Man. If you look it up, it's a great cause. That's why he's wearing one nail with blue nail polish on. It's a great cause. The Polish Man. Look it up. It's great. So then we cut to Cam's house. Shep comes over. Cam says, Jason's gone. He went to the grocery store. Now, Jason's always gone. It's like, Cameron, we don't need you to describe why Jason's gone. We know he's not filming. She's always got to come up with clever ways. She's like, Jason's at the grocery store with the kid. Or, you know, Jason's at a work function. Or It's like, we know Jason's not at his bat mitzvah. We don't have to pretend. So I feel bad that she always got to think of something. He's probably upstairs, too, watching a TV show. He's probably watching, you know, 
Garfield the movie up in his room and thinking about how Danny should play the lead role. It's <laughs> probably what he's doing. Stars are just like us. Jason's probably up in his room watching the Garfield movie and thinking about how Danny should play the lead role. That's exactly what he's doing, I believe. So Cameron goes out to the dock, which I don't remember seeing this dock before, but I like it. Maybe we've seen it, but I don't really recall Cameron's dock. It's beautiful, though, and I would go there all the time. She's checking the crab trap, and then they pull out the crab trap, and the crab attacks Chip. And I couldn't help but think about Sarah Michelle Gellar's Simply Irresistible. Did you guys ever see this movie? It was from the late 90s, and it was about Sarah Michelle Gellar, who finds a magical crab, who helps her cook and fall in love with Sean Patrick Flannery. Now, this movie is one of the most bizarre films of all time, and I encourage everyone to watch it. It's a rom-com that's neither romantic or very funny, but there is a magical crab who teaches her how to cook, and I truly think it's something that everyone needs to see. I remember seeing it my brother and his girlfriend when they were in high school. They, like, rented it, and I used to always, like, take those rentals before they would return them. So keep in mind, I was, like, a 12-year-old. How old was I in... 99 or 98. I was like 12 or 13. And I would always take the VHS before they would return it and watch it. And I always lucked out because my brother's girlfriend would rent a lot of these like rom-com movies. Or they would sometimes rent like, or they rented like Cruel Intentions. That's how I saw that movie for the first time. But I remember they rented this Simply Irresistible where Sarah Michelle Gellar learns how to cook from a crab who's magical. And I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. And obviously, somebody should have known that I was gay when I was 12 years old and sneaking the movie Simply Irresistible to watch before it was returned to the video store. That should have been a big red flag. That that should have been a big red flag. I also recorded First Wives Club on VHS off the TV, but that's a tale for another time. The point is, that's how we end the episode. Shep and Cameron talk a little bit about Catherine and Whitney, and they say, what if Catherine has Whitney's baby? What if she did? I would be shocked. That would be our twist. That would be our season-long twist. Now, next week, we get Catherine saying that she's got a new boyfriend. So already this Whitney stuff's over before it even began, really. And then more Madison and Austin. Apparently, Madison's trying to fuck guys on Instagram. Who among us hasn't? Good for you, Madison. Who among us? Anyway, that's the episode. Now, I want to take a quick break, and then we'll come back, and we'll touch on uh, Real Houses in New York. Ba-ba-doo! We're going to touch on New York. (laughs) All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like, I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. Money can't buy you glass. Money can't 
That's my best margarita. Margarita's a star. Margarita on The Real Houses of New York is a true star, a cabaret star from Kingston. And I would have liked to watch hours of footage of her. Truly such a delight. She couldn't say her S's, but she was doing a better job than Luann ever did. I mean, truly, her tone at her pitch was better than Luann's. I'm sorry. She might not have been pronouncing the words, but I would like Margarita to start uh, covering all of Luann's songs. I would like to hear her do Girl Code. You broke the girl code. <laughs> I would love her to do Chic C'est La Vie. I mean, all of them. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't do it. I can't do it, but I would love to hear her say, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Countess speaking. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Margarita speaking. <laughs> so good. And then we also got flashbacks of that charity event that I could watch forever and ever of Dorinda drunk yelling, predators still there. Predators still there. <laughs> She's like, Fred of the family, important. Predators still there. Predators are out there. They're somewhere out there. Fred of the family. <laughs> that footage of Drunk Dorinda at that charity event is the gift that keeps on giving. You know what else is the gift that keeps on giving is that angel ball footage. We keep flashing back to that angel ball, which we never saw the scene play out in real time, but we are getting plenty of flashbacks of Ramona being shady there and Dorinda sitting alone. I mean, poor Dorinda, every bit of that angel ball footage, she's just wandering alone as if she's confused of where to go. No one's talking to her. It's very sad, very upsetting. And anyway, I love this episode. I thought it was great. There were so many little wonderful nuggets. It was nice to see these girls upstate, although I'm excited for them to go to Miami. Do I wish they were going on a more luxurious vacation that they haven't been on before? Of course. But I'll settle for Miami. Now, I did hear that we're only getting 15 episodes this season, plus the reunion, which will hopefully be three parts-ish. So that's like about 18 episodes give or take, depending on how the reunion goes. But I wish we had more, but I'm savoring every last bit of these episodes we're getting. So we're towards the tail end of the season. We do know that they recorded the reunion. We saw all of their outfits. I thought actually Ramona was the best dressed, you guys. I liked her. She had like some ruffles. It was a Ramona royal blue. And then Bethany's outfit, I loved her dress. It was colorful and it grew on me. I didn't like it at first, but it grew on me. All the girls look beautiful. I think Luann is in a Giovanni. She looks classically Lou. I don't Love Sonia's or Dorinda's look. Tinsley's is just fine. And Barbara's is fine. Barbara's actually look good. But uh, yeah, I thought they would look great. And I'm so excited about the reunion. Although all the footage from the reunion that we were getting, like all the social media posts and everything, it looks like that they're all getting along. So I don't know that it'll be super dramatic, but maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe we'll all be proven wrong and it'll be a super dramatic. Anyway, I'm loving this season. Truly my favorite show on TV. The best show of all time. So let's dive in. We open with them all upstate. Luann and Bethany are still fighting about that fight last week. And I just felt like this was sort of anticlimactic, right? Like we ended on it to be continued. And then we continued the fight this week. And it was just nothingness. You know, they made up really quickly, which these girls always do. But for a fight to end on it to be continued, it has to be like a really good one. You know what I'm saying? And then this was just such a basic fight. I thought they shouldn't have given us that to be continued. It should have just ended. It could have ended in the middle of the fight. But don't tease us with it to be continued, because that always lets us down. Every single time it lets us down, because it's never as good when you continue it. I'd rather them just cut it off right away, and then pick it up the next week. So they did just make up really quickly. There was a moment, though, where in the middle of that fight, Dorinda was sitting next to Luann, and you could tell that Dorinda was going to murder Luann. Like She had to get up and walk away, because she was looking at Luann like, I'm going to murder you, and so <laughs> Dorinda just walked away. 
And let me tell you, Dorinda was still out there. The predator's still out there. And that predator was Dorinda. <laughs> Maybe not a sexual predator, but she was angry. And she was ready to hurt Luann at that moment. She restrained. Dorinda's restrained this whole season, pretty much. I mean, we're seeing these glimpses of drunk Dorinda or angry Dorinda, but they're just glimpses. Otherwise, she's restrained. And it must be hard for her because last season she got so much shit for being such a drunk on the show. You're a drunk. <laughs> Remember that? argument? You're a drunk. Uh, she got so much shit for that. So I think she's trying to scale back a little bit this year. But then it's also kind of boring. I think we need it, which uh, not that I'm encouraging her to get how she was last season. It's just there needs to be some sort of balance because I feel like it's a little too restrained. That's my opinion. But Bethany takes a phone call from her boyfriend, Paul this new guy. I want to see who he is. And then she gets off the phone. She's like, I got to finish this situation with the girls. And then she's talking to Dorinda and she gets another phone call from Jake. Now, I was so thrilled to see Jake because Jake, of course, was on the spinoffs. He was on the early seasons of Housewives. Big gay Jake. (laughs) That's what I'm I'm calling him now. But he was really cute and I would like him to be on more. And it proves that Bethany does have friends because I feel like Bethany always gets a lot of shit for not having people in her life over a long period of time. But Jake has been there forever, and then she's got a couple girlfriends that I've noticed earlier in the season we talked about that were around. So even though sometimes Bethany really frustrates me, I think we got to give her that. Big gay Jake's been there, her ride or die forever. (laughs) And let's get him on screen. It was weird, though, because they just showed this phone call and then nothing ever happened with Jake. She just was like, I gotta go, and then it was over. Anyway, Lou and Bethany talk, they make up, and I couldn't focus on anything during the scene other than Lou's statement necklace, and Bethany's aggressive hat work. I mean, Bethany was still wearing that hat. She wore it all throughout the dinner and then continued to wear that hat. I was like, take off the hat. Enough of the hat. They're all doing this hat work. I mean, at a certain point, it's like, I couldn't, wasn't even paying attention to what was going on in the scene. I was just looking at that big-ass hat. Fucking Yosemite Sam. That's what she reminded me of. Yosemite Sam had that hat, didn't he? <laughs> I, think, I think it was Yosemite Sam. Or it was, that's how his name, right? You remember the Looney Tune? That's what Bethany was reminding me of. I'm like, take off that hat, Yosemite. Let's see. We cut to Babs talking to Luann, and Babs was stirring the pot here. She was saying that Bethany was aggressive during the fight. And then she said to Luann, I stayed out of it. And I wrote down in my notes, you shouldn't stay out of it. You're trying to become a housewife. Like, if you want to be a housewife, we need you to get in the mix. So she should never stay out of it, especially when you're starting out, especially when you're a new housewife, because otherwise you're one and done. We're going to get rid of you because you're not getting in the mix. And I do like Babs. I know she's getting a lot of heat online. But I think ultimately, I mean, I ride the fence a little bit, but I think ultimately I like Babs. I just want her to get in there more. Otherwise, like, I'm fine if she leaves. I'm fine if she goes somewhere, or goes away and it doesn't come back next season because she's not getting in the mix. Let's see. Then we cut to Dorinda, Tinsley, and Bethany at their hotel. Tinsley says in her confessional, upstate makes me want to drink. So she's going to get bombed at the hotel. And Tinsley's being extra shady in her confessionals. I'm really loving it. And Ramona shows up straight from her luncheon. She shows up with flowers and cake from the luncheon that no one else was invited to. (laughs) And all the girls get ready to go to this dinner. Now, Sonia's doing her hair. And Dorinda correctly called it out that Sonia looks like she put her hand in a socket because she just looks like she looks like she either just got fucked in a bush or put her hand in a, a, a socket, like Dorinda said. I mean, that hair was insane, and Sonia seemed so proud of it. <laughs> so proud of it. And then they're all going to this dinner, this restaurant, and Barbara and Sonia had a glass of champagne. Like, it wasn't even a closed container. It was just like, 
one giant glass of champagne that they were taking as a roadie to dinner. And I thought, this is something I used to do in college or my early 20s or even high school. Like, you would take a roadie, but is it, first of all, is it even legal to just be driving with open containers? Particularly, like, should Luann be in a car with an open container? Furthermore, they said it was just champagne, but it's like, couldn't they just restrain themselves around Luann when she's, like, not even six months sober? Like, come on. I know we talked about that last week, too, but I just feel like we don't need to be drinking so much around Luann. I don't think we should hide the drinking from her. I just don't think we need to do it in the car on the way to a restaurant. Anyway, it's revealed that this is the town that Ramona grew up in. And last time she was there, it was for her mom's funeral. And they showed a picture on the screen that I guess was supposed to be Ramona's family, but it didn't even look like, like, I couldn't tell who was who. It was just like a family photo. And I swear it was just like a Getty image, like a a stock image of just a family from the 70s. (laughs) I, I swear no one in that picture looked like Ramona. And then later in the episode, they showed another picture and it looked like a totally different family. I was like, who is this family they keep putting up? Anyway, Ramona starts talking about her family. She says, her brother cremated her dad against her will because she, he wanted more money. It's like really fucked up shit. We got a lot of stuff about Ramona's family and Bethany's upbringing. It was very compelling stuff, and I thought this was a different side of Ramona that we rarely see. And the girls called it out too, but it was nice to see this side of her and her talking openly about her past because I feel like she rarely, rarely does. We did see a flashback of an earlier season where she talked about her family to Joni, and I would like to send out an SOS to find Joni. Where's Joni? We haven't seen Joni in years. Now, I don't know if you guys were following Ramona's trip to Nantucket over the weekend, but she was in Nantucket, seemingly so wasted, and she was with Dr. Sharon Giese. We're leaving Nantucket, and my girlfriend has a private plane. I am so truly blessed. I'm living my best life ever, and everyone should. (laughs) Goodbye, Nantucket. Did we have fun, girls? Love my girls. Benny and the Jets. Benny and the Jets. La, 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 la. Benny and the Jets. La, 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 la. It's like that scene from 27 Dresses, except for drunker and older. Anyway, I've been saying on this show, we need to find Dr. Sharon Giese, and she's still friends with Ramona. So that's a good thing. I'm very happy about that. So then (laughs) we're at the restaurant when we see Dorinda's purse. Did you guys see it had googly eyes on it? I loved it. I'm sure that's like a popular brand or a popular designer, but I loved Dorinda's purse with the googly eyes on it. You know, I used to have these giant googly eyes that I ordered from Amazon, and I would put them on different things. It's really like the best thing ever. Like if you want just a good laugh, go to Amazon. It's like $9 for these giant googly eyes. And I used to put them on my Christmas tree or then I put them on the refrigerator. Uh, I put one on a vacuum once and it looked like a minion. Like I have a yellow vacuum and it looked like a minion when I put a googly eye on it. But really it spices up any occasion. Like if you need a good smile, just throw those googly eyes on them. They stick on anything and it makes anything come to life. If you're lonely, If you live alone and you're lonely, get some googly eyes. You could talk to any old object and think it's a person. Truly. (laughs) Look up googly eyes on Amazon. Promise it's a good thing. So then they all sit down at the table, and Luann and Sonia and and Barbara did not hear the conversation about Ramona talking about her past. So they all sit down at the table, and then Bethany starts to tell Luann, like, oh, this was Ramona's table when. They had the party for after her mom's funeral. 
And Bethany starts to tell the girls that missed this story. And Luann, being such an asshole, said, uh-uh, you're not going to be annoying about this, are you? That's what she, she said, something along those lines, like, uh-oh, you're not going to bring this party down, are you? And it was like, Luann is just such, Luann is just not a nice human being this season. And I love Luann. I love, I love, I, I'm not asking for her to go anywhere. She just is like a huge asshole this season. <laughs> I don't know if we've ever, we haven't seen this asshole Luann in, Many a year, but she is back. Back with a vengeance. And it's great TV, but it's also like, oh my god, the worst. So Sonia at this dinner, she seems to get lit. She's pissed that Ramona didn't invite her to the birthday party. Ramona says, I didn't make the list. But then they show that flashback again, (laughs) which they keep going to. They've literally shown it three plus times. At least three times they've shown Ramona saying Sonia should not be invited. And it's just so fucking funny. Then they get into this little argument about Kingston. Lou says it's a hipper neighborhood. And Ramona says, no, Kingston has not arrived. And then Tinsley doesn't say this in person, but in her confessional, she says the town sucks. And she keeps saying the town sucks. It's so funny. And I love, again, this version of Tinsley where she's shady in the confessional is the best. Tinsley is really growing into her own, and I believe she's learning from these women. I believe the last couple of years, she's really learned. And this is the first season where we're really starting to see this growth. So then, look, Luann organized this cabaret performance with Margarita, and half the girls don't want to go. I wouldn't want to go either. I feel like the older I get, the more I'm just saying no to things. Like, if I really don't want to do something, I don't. In my 20s, I would have just gone along with whatever people wanted me to do because I'm a pushover. And I'm getting better at that. I'm still not quite there. But I'm getting better at being like, no, I don't want to do that. Or no, I'm not coming there. Or that thing of like saying no without feeling like you have to give a reason. Do you know what I'm saying? Like in my past, I would have felt like I had to come up with an excuse or or lie and say why I couldn't go. And now if I don't want to do something, I'm just saying no. Just saying no, I don't want to do that. And being honest. And I think that's the way to be. And I respect when people are like that with me. Like if somebody says they don't want to do something that I invite them to, great. Get it. Anyway, then they start singing Happy Birthday, and Ramona sings Happy Birthday to me. (laughs) She sings Happy Birthday to me. (laughs) And Ramona and Bethany are really getting along, and I love this side of them. I love when they're a duo that's getting along. I don't really like Bethany and Ramona fighting. I don't. I like it maybe with the, like, the Wow Bethany Wow was great, and the You Don't Support Other Women was great. Maybe I do like them fighting. (laughs) I take that back. I love them fighting. But it's fun to see them getting along every once in a while. Right before they leave this dinner, though, Sonia spills and breaks a glass. And then they just leave it. I feel awful for the workers that work at these restaurants that these women go to on all the franchises. It must just be the worst. Like, none of these women are (laughs) well-behaved. I wonder if they just left that glass. Ugh, I don't know. know. Then they split off. So Dorinda, Ramona, and Bethany go off, and they have very emotional moments. They talk about... Ramona's upbringing. They go to a place called, I believe, Terrapin, which means turtle, Bethany points out. Then we get a turtle time flashback, which was one of the greatest moments in the history of reality TV. Of course, it was on Scary Island. Best best three-episode arc in the history of TV. Turtle time. And they're talking about Ramona's mother, and right when they get to this Terrapin, Ramona says, I need to have a Pinot Grigio to honor my mother. (laughs) And I've missed... This is such a weird thing to miss, but I've missed Ramona drinking Pinot Grigio. And if you've noticed, the entire season, they've shown Ramona ordering drinks. 
ordering things with two straws or extra ice, or earlier in the episode, she asked for three hard shakes of the cocktail. And it really like brought a warm, I don't know, warm feeling inside of me to see Ramona order Pinot Grigio. It's just like, oh, wow, this made me feel good inside. I felt home. <laughs> then we cut to Luann, Sonia, Bethany, or I'm sorry, Luann, Sonia, Barbara, and Tinsley at the cabaret. And it's a bar full of queens. Once again, the shady confessional Tinsley says only Luann can find a bar full of queens in the middle of nowhere. She says maybe they flew him in, or maybe Luann flew him in. And then they all meet this man who had the most gorgeous curls I've ever seen. He looked like a young Kenny G. And at first when I saw him, I thought, oh, he's not attractive. Like, he wasn't doing anything for me. But then when I realized that he looked like a young, youthful Kenny G, I realized, like, oh, that's why all these women are wet. Because if there's one thing I know, women of that age love a Kenny G. My mom was obsessed with Kenny G. My mom's around, like, Dorinda and Sonia's age. And my mom was obsessed with Kenny G. I'll never forget that fucking saxophone playing in my house all the time when I was growing up. My mom had a select, a very specific musical taste. She would listen to divas, so she introduced me to like Celine Dion, Barbara Streisand, Mariah Carey, Whitney Houston. My mom would listen to them, Gloria Estefan. She loved Gloria. And then she would also listen to Kenny G. Kenny fucking G. And that fucking saxophone, I will tell you, if I could have reached through the CD player and broken the Kenny G's fucking saxophone, I would have thrown it out the fucking window. Because I hated that saxophone. And I loved all the other music my mom would listen to, like all those divas. She loved them, and that's what turned me gay, probably. But I hated that fucking saxophone. Ugh. But I know women of that age love Kenny G, so that's why all these women were so wet for this man at the bar. And it turns out, he went home with Barbara, and he's got a twin. He made out with Barbara. I don't think they went home together, but he made out with Barbara, which was a true shock. True shock. Anyway, we see more of that, uh, the history between Ramona and her family and Bethany and her family, and it's interesting, and they were drinking, and I don't know. We just kept cutting between that like very serious scene of them talking about their upbringing, and then Margarita singing, <laughs> She wasn't saying any S's. Margarita didn't know how to say an S. She needed to go to speech therapy, although I know that's not her first language, so is what it is, but... She also kind of reminded me of something, you guys. And I know people get mad at me because I always talk about how much I hate Ken on The Rouse's Beverly Hills. But I thought Margarita sort of looked like Ken with makeup on. Like, was that just me? I kind of felt like it looked like Ken with some rouge. That was Mar- some rouge and some, you know, cultural clothing. And that was Margarita. That's what it looked like to me. I, I wanted to pause it and try to do a side-by-side. I'll have to do it. I don't know. I'd have to see him side-by-side. But when I first saw her, I got kind of the shivers, and I thought, oh, is that Ken with some rouge? <laughs> so I don't know. we got to check that out. But she was a delight. But I don't know that I would, if I was one of the other girls, it's like such a weird place to go. Like, I understand why Tinsley wanted to leave. So then after Margarita's performance, the girls are all kind of dancing in this weird little dive bar. And Sonia's just going to up to every guy and being like, are you a gay? <laughs> you a homo? <laughs> it was very kind of odd. And I know Sonia does that all the time, but I don't know, something about this one made me laugh because she was just walking up to men and like, are you a gay? Like, <laughs> oh, it was so good. Then all of a sudden we cut to the hotel the next morning and Bethany looks so hungover. There's empty wine bottles everywhere. Dorinda walks in the room with some zit cream still on her face. And they're so fucking hungover. And I thought, why didn't we film this? 
Why is there no footage of that night? Like, I am very upset with Bravo for not filming this evening because it seemed like they got really lit. They were so hungover, and there were so many fucking empty bottles. There was at least three empty wine bottles. And keep in mind, they were out drinking at the restaurants. So all those empty bottles, was that just happened the night after the cameras wrapped? And the same thing happened at Dorinda's house, where all of a sudden we were there the next day, and we missed the whole night of drinking. And I do not approve of this message. I would like cameras, put a GoPro on, whatever you got to put a GoPro on, because we need to see the footage, bravo. A-T-T-N, attention, bravo. We need the footage. They all make fun of Luann when they're hungover, which is fun. And Tinsley looked fresh as a daisy, and she was doing an impression of Margarita. (laughs) And then as Tinsley, like, wrapped up, she was, like, walking out of the room after making fun of Margarita and Luann. And she's like, I can't fucking hear that song anymore. She said about money can't buy you class. <laughs> and Tinsley's only been on the show for a few seasons, but imagine what like Bethany and Ramona and Sonia and Dorinda really think of that fucking song. They must be so so sick of Luann talking about that one song. Ugh, Luann has good three songs, right? And it's like they must have ever had to hear each one of those pieces of shit a thousand times. <laughs> and you know they don't like it. You know they don't like it. But I was so mad that the cameras were shut down, and we also didn't see Babs with the Kenny G look like. Like, what happened there? We just saw a little flashback of them talking, but we didn't see the makeout. We missed all the good stuff. Now, I still love the episode, but I'm calling on Bravo to keep the cameras up. And if there's union rules, then leave up a GoPro. Or encourage one of the girls to take shots. You know, someone, one of the girls should be filming, earning that paycheck. Barbara, quite frankly, should be filming them. You know, she's not giving us a lot this season. I would think that she should be filming. Pick up a camera, Babs. We need the footage. Then everyone meets at Luann's, and I was very excited for Ramona to go to Luann's because I thought she was going to be a big asshole. But Ramona was being fairly nice this episode, so the only thing she said was that it was on the cliff. I don't know if you caught that when she was, like, walking up to the house. She made, like, a little dig about it being on a cliff. But otherwise, she's like, this is beautiful. So Barbara leaves early. When Barbara said goodbye to Bethany, I noticed Bethany was on DailyMail.com. And I just thought, wow, stars are just like, wow, Bethany, wow. (laughs) Stars are just like us. (laughs) Then Sonia, uh, oh, Ramona gives Luann the gift that she bought her. It was nice. But the girls are all being shady here. Like Sonia says something nasty about the candlestick holders. And then Ramona said like, oh, let's stay a little while, and Dorinda said she had to leave, and then Dorinda just snapped at Ramona, and then they argued. Dorinda was just hungover. I think Dorinda was, that's all it was. I don't know how mad she was, but she seemed just very hungover to me, and she kept snapping. And I like when Dorinda snaps. I was here for it. But that's when we got the flashback of the charity event. And again, I could see this forever. Predator still there. Predators are still out there. This is a friend of the family. Important. Don't you ever do that to me again, Arona? Important. Ah, <laughs> oh, that footage is so good. Then they argue about Ramona's faces, and they eventually make up. They eventually make up. But, look, the fighting on this show is so great because they argue, two of them argue, and then they get over it in an instant. And it's amazing. I've never seen anything like it, both in my real life and on television. It's such a beautiful thing to watch. But it moves at such a quick pace. Can barely keep up. It's that rony whiplash. So, so good. So that's the end of the episode. Next week, we get the girls in Miami. Luann infers that Sonia's on pills or something. It looks in the preview. And then it's revealed that Ramona makes out with Harry Dubin. And then we get the Sonia fall that they've been teasing all season. So I'm very excited for this Miami trip. Again, I wish they were going somewhere more 
a little more tropical or someone that we haven't been before on the show, but alas, it is what it is. Love my girls. Love this show. Ah, I feel alive. And I feel really alive with Southern Charm right now. I'm loving Southern Charm. I'm loving Roni. Beverly Hills isn't quite doing it for me, but I do want to say I'm loving Summer House this season too. I think Summer House is five-star TV. If you haven't watched it ever, just jump in with season three. Start with season three. Ignore the first two because they're not good. (laughs) First two suck. Just jump in with season three. It is fantastic. And it's really weird because it's a weird pace of a reality show. And I don't know how it works because we literally only film them on the weekends, but then we don't see their work week life. But I'm just loving it. I'm loving Summer House so, so much. So if you've never watched, I think you need to give it a try because it's good. It's good. It doesn't feel like it should work, but it works somehow. Anyway, that's the episode. I love you guys so much for listening. Let's do our little cool down. Again, Monday will be my interview with Jennifer Love Hewitt, and I promise you do not want to miss it. I promise. It is like so, so good, and I'm just dying for everyone to hear it. And some really good exclusive stuff on there. So that's Monday, or it might be, maybe I'll release it a little early because it was the holiday. I don't know. We'll see. I love you all so much. Let's do our little breathing exercises, and then I'll let you go. Let's take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Take another deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Let's take one more deep breath in and just think of something you're grateful for today. Breathe out. I hope you're grateful for something good. I love you all so, so much for listening. Sending all the love in the world your way. Bye-bye. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Manny's and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies.